0: Purdue finally got the one it was seeking a victory against Rutgers on Sunday. Now the Boilermakers return home with a revenge game against Northwestern. I'm Kyle Charters, Brian Newbert here as well for Gold and Black Radio. Brian, in a moment, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, t has changed the way people think about construction. t ws three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWdesignbuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the Ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks. And the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar dinner with family or a special event in the private dining room, the Energized and Attentive Staff is here for you. Easton Grill and downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you are doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, seven six five seven seven five six five zero two. Brian, the Boilermakers back home this week, taking on Northwestern in the rematch on Wednesday at Mackey Arena. Purdue coming off, of course, its victory against Rutgers uh, over the weekend. Did you get the sense, Brian, that the seniors really wanted this one? They had not before Sunday won in Jersey Mike's Arena. Yeah, I don't
1: know if you can really point to anything that suggest that. I would have to think they really wanted this one, but I, I can't say, hey, this happened in the game. This was a yeah. uh, reflection of that. I thought the Illinois games and the Indiana game, I thought were a couple games where Purdue was really kind of amped up to play and uh, uh, really started well. I thought Purdue started pretty well against Rutgers, but I don't know if that was emotion as much as it was like them just being much better than Rutgers uh, and Rutgers being a terrible offensive team. Uh, as well. Um so I'm sure this I'm sure this meant a lot to Zach ed Mason Gillis, Ethan Morton. Um but I I don't know
0: if it really affected uh the outcome of the game. Yeah. It certainly was a big uh victory for Purdue. I mean a, a place that is really difficult to win in, even when the Scarlet Knights are a little bit limited offensively, which they are uh this year. Purdue was able to use a similar formula. It gets a Double figure lead at halftime. It sees the opponent make a little bit of a run in the second half, but it then holds off the opponent. I mean, to me, that's a pretty good way to go <laughs> if you want to get a a, a thirteen to twenty point lead uh, in any game at halftime. Um,
1: well, produce that's ability
0: that's to sort of hang good. on there in the second half. Um, that's been you know critical, obviously, to this run that Purdue's been on lately.
1: Has,
0: yeah, I hope you can hear me okay. I've got a
1: lot going on around me here. I've got, I'm have got i at a gate for a, a flight that leaves from Montreal here pretty soon, so I've got French being spoken over the PA. I have a <laughs> upset infant uh, next to me. But yeah, no, I, I thought Purdue started out really well, uh, obviously, and that's, that's the best kind of problem to have is when you start out really well and then you have to hang on in the second half. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was... You know Rutgers is not a good offensive team by any stretch of the imagination, but you had to figure after that first half they were going to make a couple of shots after halftime. And uh, you know th- the thing for Purdue all year long has been the turnovers, and it it's hard to really tie them all together uh, and, and like point to causation um, because they were all kind of different. There were a bunch of travelings, uh, there were two uh, turnovers against. Backcourt pressure. Uh, won a 10-second call. Won an over, over and back. I've seen which was, both which calls. Which was a bad. Which was a bad. Being call. debated. Um, that, yeah, that call I, was terrible. I, I was sitting behind a TV camera, and I, yeah. I went back and watched it uh, last night, and I don't know, whatever. But um, <laughs> you know, there there was some bad. There were some casual entry passes. I thought that were just untimely. Um, and you know, Purdue just has to uh, has to do a better job staying on top of those turnovers. That's the single greatest threat to their, of uh, their ability to win. Uh, that was 17 points that Rutgers got off turnovers, and it was, I think, 15 points they got off the offensive glass. I might have those two things flip blocked Yeah, but well, when you take 60 points and you deduct 17 plus 15, you know you're looking at a team being held to like 30 some points within what they're trying to do offensively, which you know, to be honest with this Rutgers clear, with this Rutgers team is generally pretty unclear. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they just had to do a better – the two things they had to do coming into this game were limited turnovers and keep Rutgers off the offensive glass and Purdue didn't do either of those two things. Um, so for Purdue to, you know, get out to a, a big lead uh, and then hold on to win a game that it didn't necessarily play well or it didn't play – how it needed to play. I mean, I, you would prefer every game to be emphatic, but I just don't think that's reality in the big Ten on the road and uh, um, a win's a win. And really that's all that matters, especially when you're playing at a place where you struggled the way Purdue has struggled. Uh, Anytime you get a win on the road, you just get the hell out of there when you got it, you don't really look back. And that's kind of what Purdue
0: did yesterday. Yeah, and Purdue now up to four Big Ten victories on the road, and they've already played six of their ten games away from Mackey Arena in the Big Ten. So uh, the schedule has sort of lined up nicely, at least in that respect, even though the Boilermakers are still uh, a game behind Wisconsin in the Big Ten standings. You know, Brian, we, always, we, we seem to always talk about who the MVP is of a game uh, for Purdue, uh, leaving out the big guy because he's he's really good every game. And you know, it, yesterday's uh, Sunday's game, another one of those examples where he, he ends up with like twenty six and twelve or whatever, and you're like, "Is that how many it was? Wow, <laughs> that's that's good." Yeah, uh, but it, it just it's just so crazy how he can rack up those numbers uh, with with relative ease. It seems like, but aside from him, I mean, you know the the effort that Lance Jones puts in. I know the shot that is not falling, uh, but to have as much production uh, in other ways like he did. Uh, man, I, I just I did not for myself anticipate that Purdue was going to be getting as seemingly well rounded a player when he committed, uh, over the summer. But man, he's uh, he can be an influence on the game even when he's not making a shot.
1: Yeah, uh, if we're talking about the MVP from yesterday's game, it was Braden Smith. Uh, um, yeah. and you saw him and Lance Jones kind of like it was kind of like one of those freaky Friday games where that. <laughs> They sort of uh, they sort of trade places, and uh, it was yeah. it was Lance Jones who was who, who was getting the, the rebounds, the steals, the assists, and it was Braden Smith who was who was making shots, and uh, you know just having a guy like Braden Smith who just wants the ball in situations yeah. like the ones Purdue encountered in the last five minutes of that game, where I, I think Smith made a couple of really big plays, uh, a couple of really big runners. Um, yeah. You know, it's just such a luxury for them, and uh, you know he might not have had his complete statistical game, but he had his one of his best games of the season. I thought uh, he was seven to ten from the floor after a four or four game against Michigan, and uh, just did a pretty good job taking care of the basketball. Uh, did a good job kind of handling what Rutgers was trying to do defensively, and uh, just a really big time game from him uh, getting those nineteen points. But yeah, uh, you know, Lance Jones, I thought that there was a putback that cliff got right in front of him early in the game. And, uh, I think from then on, he, he just kind of dedicated himself to getting to the glass and things like that. That was a game where everybody had to be rebounding. Yeah. Um, I know that's not the strength of a few of those guys on the floor, but, um, everyone had to be rebounding. Uh, and, uh, you know, Lance Jones certainly did that. And, uh, you know, his, his steals were a big part of this game. Um, he he has kind of a knack for it. You don't want to see him necessarily gambling too much. Uh, I don't really think he has. I think he's picked his moments pretty well. Um, but uh, that was a big part of the game. Obviously the obviously the pick six he got there in the second half was a big basket. The yeah the uh, the transition he started that ended up with a with with Caleb first running the floor making a really nice finish over uh, I think it was Cliff, wouldn't it? Um, I remember maybe,
0: the play. I don't remember the defender.
1: Maybe not. Um, that was a big time play, and uh, you know he he just really affected the game from a defensive perspective, and uh, just did a lot of little things for Purdue to win that game, uh, despite being you know one for ten from the floor.
0: Yeah, I mean it was uh those those points are are big, especially when you're playing a Rutgers team, especially Rutgers at home, where you know, points are at a premium. If you can steal a couple, uh, it makes a big difference. I think it made a big difference in this game. I mean, just the fact that Purdue was able to keep Rutgers from getting the game tied or allowing the Scarlet Knights to take the lead. I mean, yeah. I think the, the outcome maybe changes if they're able to to get the game tied. But Purdue, I mean, as you said, Braden Smith hit a, a few really big shots. It seemed like every one of them was sort of in that instance where Rutgers had the the margin down to two or three points.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I just thought that uh, perhaps I was putting too much stock in the fact that Purdue was that much better than Rutgers, but even when it was down to two, I never really thought Purdue was going to let that get away. Uh, When you look at the shots Rutgers had to make to, you know, to kind of get back in that game, and uh, um, you know, Tim Brando called him uh, Harry Potter. I called him McLovin. Um, Gavin Griffiths um, was making shots, and He's a good player, but you've got guys just kind of making rhythm plays, and it, it just felt like they were kind of caught up in the moment. Yeah. They're not a good shooting team, and they were making shots. And, uh, yeah. You just, I, I just didn't think that was going to last. But you have to give Purdue credit, too, for, uh, you know, executing offensively when they had to, and obviously finding ways to get to the foul line. And I think that's why, why Zach E.D.'s 26 points were so quiet yesterday, yeah. was he just. You look up, he's at the foul line again. And, you know, he didn't make every free throw he took. But that, that stuff kind of added up and you kind of forget about it. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously fletcher Lawyer making the five free throws in the last couple minutes of the game was a big part of it. And, uh, you know, Purdue just kind of did what it needed to do. But uh, I, I don't think Rutgers was ever, you know, going to roar past Purdue and and you know, kind of build a lead that Purdue right. was going to have to get in desperation mode, but it very easily could have happened. Purdue just staved it off.
0: I I think there's a level of comfort with this Purdue team because a little bit because of their offensive efficiency. I mean, as, as long as Purdue's not turning the ball over, you could sort of count on, on there being some amount of efficiency offensively that Purdue's just not going to go through a long drought.
1: Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's the, 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 it, Inevitability of Zach Eady, Like, right. I mean, how many times in the last 10 minutes of the game do you see him just, just go crazy? And, you know, maybe not go crazy, but really, really produce and really, really find his way to the foul line, yeah. make the right passes, make the right plays, get Purdue in the bonus, get those points that don't necessarily fall under his name in the box score, but are are plays that he he created, the offensive rebounding, Kind of things like that. It, it's just the ultimate comfort blanket for Purdue. Is when stuff goes sideways, just get, get the ball to And good things are going to happen more
0: often than not. Yeah. So Purdue plays Northwestern on Wednesday in the What's rematch of the loss. I believe that was on December 1st. The first Big Ten game for Purdue up there on the road in Evanston. Northwestern is, like many of the teams in the Big Ten and really around the country, uh, a different team at home that it is on the road. The Wildcats have beaten uh, two top 10 teams now on their home court, along with losing to Chicago State, which was just yeah. uh But a different team on the road. But what do you – I mean, looking back, is it? it's it's probably as simple as not turning the ball over and trying to contain Boo Booey as, as best as possible. I mean, he is the kind of player, because of his ability, sort of in the mid-range, that can hurt Purdue. Uh, but Purdue's got to try to find a way at least to, to contain him a little bit. Yeah, Purdue tried some different things against him, but you know, they were okay
1: when Lance Jones was on the floor. He did a pretty good job on Boo booey And then when he fell yeah. out, that was one of the turning points of the game. Uh because after that, Purdue didn't really have have an answer. I thought Ethan Morton did a good job making it hard on him. Camden Heidi was in a tough spot when they put him on there. They tried some different things schematically, and that let kind of I think Ty Berry made a big three off of Purdue making an adjustment against Booy Um and uh they just have to uh, have to not turn the ball over. They have to contain buoy the best they can, and they just have to. You know, Purdue really should have won that game at Northwestern. A lot went into that, and uh, you know the turnovers were a big part of it. Uh, I think Northwestern was the game where Northwestern got 20 points off turnovers. So you just can't, and I wouldn't anticipate any of that replicating itself in Mackey Arena. Um, but I just think that uh, uh, you know Purdue ought to be fine. Purdue's better. Northwestern. It's a home game. Um, a lot had to happen. Had to fall right for Northwestern to win that game in double overtime. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I just think that all these teams coming up in the Big Ten, you know, have to be respected. But I don't think there's anyone Purdue out of fear. And uh, I'm not saying Purdue in the past is fear teams. I'm just kind of putting the Big Ten in context here where everybody's beatable. Everybody's very beatable. Yeah. Um, except for Purdue, I think.
0: If you're assuming that the Big Ten champion will be 16 and four, and Purdue's already played six road games, I mean, doesn't it just need to win its home games to go two on two on the road and it's, it's 16 and four? Like, is my math right there? Isn't that right? Um, I haven't really. <laughs> gotten that far gotta uh, be right, right right yeah i'm just trying to figure out when the next game is um right. wednesday and it's not it's early this week it's not at 9 p.m we're at uh, 6 30 on wednesday so that's good. nice yeah no i i think purdue's in a good spot here
1: i, I would i think a lot of people would put purdue as the odds on favorite even though they're a game back yeah of wisconsin um if you sweep, sweep wisconsin you win the big Ten. i think it's pretty much that simple at this point um That's assuming that Wisconsin isn't going to lose again, which they will. Uh, I mean, everybody in the Big Ten is losing road games. Everybody in college basketball is losing road games. Uh, You saw Wisconsin go to Minnesota, damn near get beat. Um, I just think that, you know, Purdue's going to have two shots left at Wisconsin. Uh, Other than that, the last game that really, really jumps out on paper as kind of a snake pit would be the uh, game at Illinois to end the season. But, you know, for all we know, the the – the title might be decided by then, um, and we'll see where Illinois is at that point in time. They have a way of imploding. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I could see Illinois losing a couple of games in a row. I, I just think that's kind of a that's kind of a, a house of cards. Yeah.
0: All right, Brian. Thank you. Enjoy yeah. your trip and hanging out there in Newark. Uh, I spent my my 40th birthday uh, that evening. I spent sitting on the floor of Newark Airport. So that was a good time. Um, So I hope you enjoy your time there as well. There are worse ways to spend your birthday. (laughs) Yeah, sure. All right. Thanks, man. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. Thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Brian Newbert, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.